There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cuff of murder. Not many people have their deaths celebrated. But on January 16, 1936, citizens of New York let out a collective sigh of relief and cheer as the werewolf of hysteria, the Brooklyn vampire, the boogeyman himself, died in the electric chair. Don't recognize those names? Well, we know this monster as the infamous Albert Fish. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Hamilton Howard Fish, though he preferred to avoid teasing and go by Albert, was born on May 19, 1870 in Washington, D.C. His family had a long history of mental illness, and his father, who was 75 when Albert was born, died when he was just five years old. His mother felt she couldn't handle her child alone and sent Albert to an orphanage. It was there that he was frequently abused and, as he soon learned, liked it. In 1880, his mother felt she was financially stable enough and removed Albert from the orphanage. Two years later, at age 12, he began a relationship with a telegraph boy who introduced his new lover to Eurolagnia cuprophagia. Albert would often visit public bathhouses where he could watch boys undressing and would write obscene letters to women who put their addresses in the classifieds. By 1890, he was in New York City working as a sex worker and began raping young boys in his spare time. He was a monster from the beginning. In 1898, possibly in an effort to settle her son, his mother arranged for Albert to marry a young girl named Anna Mary Hoffman. The girl, who was nine years younger than her husband, bore him six children. Though he never molested his own children, he continued his abuse on neighborhood boys, mostly under the age of six. After a visit to a waxwork museum, he added an obsession with sexual mutilation to his resume of horror. Around 1910, shortly after serving some time in Sing Sing for Grand Larceny, he met a 19-year-old boy named Thomas Keaton while working in Wilmington, Delaware. The two began a relationship, and just 10 days later, Albert took the boy to an old farmhouse where he began to torture him. For two weeks, Albert continually inflicted torture on the 19-year-old, eventually cutting off half his penis, pouring peroxide on the wound, wrapping it up, leaving a $10 bill, and kissing Thomas Keaton goodbye. He left the boy with no regard of whether he lived or died. In 1917, Anna had had enough and left her husband and children for another man. Albert Fish was now a single parent of six, and he had begun having auditory hallucinations and believed he was following the instructions of John the Apostle or that God himself was commanding him to sexually mutilate children. He began indulging in self-harm by embedding needles into his groin and abdomen, hitting himself with a nail-studded paddle, and inserting wool-dipped in lighter fluid into his anus and igniting it. He was arrested again in May of 1930 for sending obscene letters to a woman and was placed in the Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital for observation. All of this began to snowball and escalate when on May 25, 1928, he saw an advertisement in the New York world where an 18-year-old boy named Edward Budd was looking for work. 
On the 28th, he went to the Bud home to meet the boy, who he intended to be his victim. But when he arrived, he met 10-year-old Grace Bud instead. He explained to her parents that he wanted to take Grace to his niece's birthday party. They agreed, and Grace was never seen again. Albert Fish would later boast that he had, quote, children in every state, and that his victim count was about 100. However, it is unclear if this number refers to rapes or murder or where Grace appears in this timeline. He would torture, mutilate, and murder children with things like meat cleavers, a butcher knife, and a handsaw. His victims were often mentally handicapped or African-American because he assumed they would not be missed once murdered. Regardless, he was suspected of at least five murders during his lifetime, but it was Grace's that would put him away. Because, until he wrote a letter to Grace's mother in 1934, the murders and disappearances of children seemed to be the work of a nameless boogeyman. The letter contained a story about a friend of his, who was a deckhand, who told him that in China, due to famine, children under 12 were sold to butchers to be cut up and sold for food. And that on his travels, the friend had acquired a taste for human meat. So this friend stole young boys and took them home, tortured them to tenderize the meat, cooked and ate the boys. Then Albert, after hearing all of these stories, knew he had to taste it for himself and that Grace had become his intended victim. He then went into detail about how he stripped her, how she fought him, how he choked her to death, cut her up and ate her body in nine days. But not to worry, because he only killed and ate her, but did not have sex with the girl. He assured the mother that she died a virgin. And though the accounts of the captain could not be verified, the account of Grace's murder would be found accurate. The letter was in an envelope containing a small hexagonal emblem belonging to the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. A janitor at the company told the police that he had taken some stationery, but left it in the rooming house he just left. The new tenant of this house? Albert Fish. When questioned, Fish practically tripped over his words, trying to quickly take blame and tell police the details of Grace's murder. He even claimed that, while kneeling on the girl's chest to strangle her, that he achieved sexual gratification. While in custody, he gave information about his murders, how he committed them, and what he thought his victim count was, and why he did it. Police quickly realized what a sick man they were dealing with. He was brought to trial for Grace's murder on March 11, 1935. His trial lasted for 10 days, during which Albert pled insanity. The doctor during the trial stated that nowhere in medical or legal history was there an individual who possessed the many sexual abnormalities that Albert Fish did. No one doubted his insanity, but ultimately, the rape, murder, and and cannibalism of children was unforgivable. He was sentenced to death. On January 16, 1936, Albert Fish was sent to die in the electric chair. He helped place the electrodes on his own body and, though it may be a rumor, took two jolts to die due to the needles inside of his body. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 17th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. 
If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.